Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. As we get to the Word of God, talk about it. And we've been talking about this area of raising children, our responsibility as parents to raise our children. We don't just support them in whatever path they want to go on. We don't just let them do their own thing. We realize that in each child, as cute as they may be, and as much as we love them, there is a sin nature there that must be subdued and trained and brought into subjection, ultimately under Jesus, of course, and we want to lead our children to faith in Christ, but also we expect obedience from them. One of the most important things your children will ever learn is how to honor you and how to obey you. That lesson learned early in life, and if they haven't learned it yet and they're already growing up, they should learn it at some point, because God promises in the Ten Commandments, where he says, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the earth. God promises blessing and and security and prosperity, and so many blessings God promises to a young child, a, a child who learns to honor their parents. And this will carry over into how they learn to relate to God. If they never learn to honor you, they're going to have trouble learning to honor God. If they learn how to honor you, honoring God, transferring that same honor over to God will be much easier. You're more likely to raise a person who have a good relationship with God. Now, here's what we've been talking about parenting and what the Bible says about how to raise them, our responsibility, how to discipline them. If you're new and you haven't seen the other, I encourage you to go back and listen to the last four days of messages as we've been on this topic. And next week, we're going to continue on education and training our children, not only academically, but morally and theologically. We'll be talking about that subject next week. But here's the thing. You can do everything right in your home and still lose your children if if this one principle we're about to talk about gets violated, and that is choosing the right friends, helping your children choose the right friends. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Now, whenever the Bible says not to be deceived about something, I want to step back and say, am I deceived about this? Because if if the Bible's saying don't be deceived, that would mean it's easy to be tricked. It's easy to think you're right when you're wrong. That's what deception means. And so he's telling us, don't be tricked. Don't underestimate this. Someone can have good morals. Your children can have good morals that they've learned in your home and they've learned from you. And yet, if they go hang around with bad company, uh, they can be corrupted. And, you, and we all want to say, every one of us wants to say, well, I know that's a big problem in society. I know other kids are doing it, but not my kids. I've taught my kids well. My kids have good morals. They won't, that, this won't happen to them. Well, do not be deceived, my friend. Bad company corrupts good morals. We would hope for just the opposite. And indeed, that's what is, there's this spiritual conflict, is there not? We're hoping to advance the gospel. But sometimes the uh, domain of darkness gets advanced on us or on once in our family. And particularly if our children are put in a bad company situation before they're able to handle it. And a lot of kids are. 
And sometimes we hope our kids will go evangelize all these other kids, and they're not ready to evangelize yet. I mean, sometimes they're not even in elementary school yet, and we're thinking our kids will be strong enough to go win the lost. Well, they might be and maybe, but more often than not, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Proverbs is the book about how a father instructed his son. And I encourage you to read the book of Proverbs, not only as God our Father instructing you, which is how I've read the book of Proverbs throughout my life, but also to make sure that what this father in Proverbs is saying to his sons, that you're saying to your sons. And if you haven't said it yet and they're grown, it's never too late to try. It's never too late to encourage them to teach these things to their grandchildren, to your grandchildren, their sons. And indeed, some of the greatest instruction we will ever have is what we try and teach our own kids. So if you missed it with your own children, encourage them to teach the Proverbs to their sons, and in the process, your sons will be learning it too. But look what, in in the book of Proverbs, it's impressive to me how important the father here is teaching his sons about choosing the right friends. Now, the, the kind of the umbrella verse of all of it is Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. It's that simple. If your friends are fools, meaning they're not right with God, they don't honor God. This, uh, again, in, in, in Proverbs, a fool doesn't mean you're silly. It means you, you are morally not right with God. You don't walk uprightly. You don't walk righteously. You don't walk in wisdom. And if that's who your buddies are, you're headed for trouble. And if that's who your kids' buddies are, they're headed for trouble. Watch out. Be careful. This is the, the, it, the from their peers is where they can learn all the wrong things. I think in my elementary years in school, well, I, yeah, I liked, I had friends and I enjoyed them and I enjoyed hanging around with them, but that's also where I learned to pick on people. That's where I learned to make fun of people. That's where I learned a lot of nasty words. That's where I learned rebellion. That's where I learned a lot of bad stuff as I was being socialized at school. And where's my socialization coming from? My peer group, my, I, my socialization while I was at school oh, come on, it wasn't coming from my teachers, a little bit. It was coming from my peer group. And I was away from my parents during those hours each day, and it was, you know, the other buddies who were socializing me. They're socializing me in how to look at girls, how to think about girls, how to talk, how to to make fun of people, like you said, how to exalt myself by putting other people down. These were all things that I was getting socialized in I bet you, you you were as well, and your kids will. And indeed, this is a bigger problem now than ever, as we'll talk about here in just a moment. There's other verses in Proverbs, though, about, about uh, choosing the right friends. Look at Proverbs chapter 1. It, he starts off, and he says, this is a book that will make you wise. The very first thing is fear of the Lord. And then he says, now listen to what I'm going to tell you. Listen up carefully. Listen to me. Listen to your mother. And the first thing he tells them, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And he goes on to describe some of these sinners. 
And then he ends this section by saying, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. This is instruction. This is something that we should be telling our children. Son, daughter, don't hang out with this type person. Don't go to their events. Don't walk around with them. Don't don't be with them. In, in the Proverbs, he says, don't go on their path. We might say, don't hang out with them. Don't chill with them. Don't, don't, those aren't the friends you want to choose. Later, he talks specifically about the opposite sex, and he warns about hanging out with someone of the opposite sex who's the wrong person. In Scripture, he's, he's called the adulteress or the strange woman, but he says that, now then, my sons, listen to me. Proverbs 5, actually, all of Proverbs 5 and all of Proverbs 7 have to do with this. I mean, this is one of the major topics in the book of Proverbs. Now then, my son, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house or you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one. Again, I just think of how I would often read this section. I say, wow, I need to stay away from the strange woman, from the adulteress, from the tempter the temptress. And we do. Take this to your own heart too. But this is also something we need to teach our children. Be careful who you choose as friends. It starts at an early age, but it also goes through middle school. That's a critical time choosing the right friends. And then high school and adolescence, a critical time because this is they're going into puberty and as there's temptations they face and there becomes more of the the uh, their friends now they've got their they've got their devices that they're on their exposure to the things of the world their exposure to pornography to false ideas about God kind of the 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 protective gates are down because they can get anything they want in the whole world from this and then of course they're now hormones are starting to fire up and this is such an important time that we stay involved in our kids lives. We know who their friends are. We know what they're doing. And that we, and, and remember, they're not going to go sinning right in front of you. You sin in private. You sin in the darkness. And so we've got to be more intentional and active. I'm not saying we're helicopter parents that are always hovering over them. That's not the answer either. But we must be people who are intentional in our parenting at that time. Um. Why do kids choose the wrong friends? If you want to help them, you want to know what the problems are and why they choose the wrong friends. I just thought of a few things. Insecurity. Everybody wants to belong. Everyone wants to be accepted. No one wants to be alone. Maybe they're curious. Maybe they've grown up in a good environment in your home and they've not like seen bad movies or they've not experimented with drugs or alcohol or other bad habits, and they're just curious. And these other people are more than glad to share these experiences with them. I find for some reason that sinners are far more quick and glad to share their sinful behaviors with us than we tend to want to be to share our righteous behaviors with them. And it includes our kids too. They're more than glad to entice them. They're more than glad to let them partake of their sinful activities. And so curiosity sometimes, they just wonder what's going on. 
And then obviously, don't underestimate just our plain old sin nature. There's something about every one of us that is desirous of rebellion, desires to do the wrong thing. And even though we know it's wrong and we've been taught well, there's something in it. It's called temptation. So insecurity, the desire to belong, curiosity, etc. How can we help them? How can we help our children with these things? Well, I just thought of a few things. Number one, it's important to just really love your children. Make sure they're secure in your love. Make sure they can talk to you. Make sure that if they do have some sort of a bad decision they've made, that rather than hide it from you and then repeat it and repeat it and develop momentum in the wrong way, make sure you have such a relationship that you they, they know that they can come and talk to you and you'll be forgiving. There may be, we talked yesterday in, about how in the discipline process, it's so important to complete it, not just to discipline them for wrong, but to love them and accept them and let them be secure in your love, even though they had made a big, uh, they, they disobeyed. Later on in life, when they make failures, they, they make mistakes, they do things wrong, and they know that they will come to you and there may be a punishment, but they also know you will love them and they're secure in your love. And they know you'll accept them and they will know that this won't be that you're going to reject them because of, of what you discover they did. Indeed, this is so important. Children will fail. People sin. They've got, there's got to be an environment where if they do, they know that you will still love them. Secondly, teach them God's way is best. The world wants to say its way is best. Our way is the best because our way is the way of God. We're on the path of life. You've got to teach this to your kids over and over and over again, that when sinners entice you, they're on the path of death. When that strange woman entices you or that strange guy entices you, meaning sexually, that's the path of death. That's the path that's going to ruin your life. Don't listen to those people. God's way is best. There is a devil out there who tempts us, he, and he wants us to, he lies to us. Teach them not to listen to his lies because it, it looks enticing, but it's not. Provide them opportunities to make good friends. Of course, this is where your church ought to come in. This is where being involved in good, good youth groups it comes in. Uh, this, this is where uh, finding uh, other kids in athletic events or whatever, where they can be, you can expose them to good children. And when I say it, exposing them in something like an athletic event, be involved. Be involved in the youth group. Help supervise it. Coach that youth team. Be around your kids when they're around other kids. Uh, be, be in a role where, where don't just drop them off and now you're gone. If you're not a coach, watch the practice. See how they're getting along. Hang around. That's all right. You're allowed to do that. And uh, just be involved in your kid's life and supervising who they're hanging around with. Again, this doesn't mean you're hovering over them and protecting them all the time. You're just observing. And finally, have them hang out at your house. We've always wanted to have things for children to do at our house. When they were young, we had toys around here, and we'd want others to want to come play at our house. They got older, we got a ping pong table or a, a basketball hoop out in the yard, things that, that uh, would make them want to come over here. We never were really into the video games, but I suppose that might be something, too, that kids like to play. Whatever it is, make your place a center of 
of where kids want to hang out. Have snacks and food around, and all the kids will want to come to your house. And if you have a few of these things, then they're hanging out with their friends, and you can observe their friends. And you can see, are they good ones? You can help talk with them later about bad bad habits or bad attitudes that you see uh, some of their friends having, and you can warn them about them, talk about them, okay? So again, I'm not encouraging you to be a hovering helicopter mom. You got to let your kids grow up and so on. But on the other, time, other hand, I am saying be intentional, be aware, be alert, pray for your kids. Ask God to protect them from evil people. Ask God that evil people would not want to be around them. Ask God that evil people would would sense that your kids are good and they don't want to, they don't want them. Okay. Pray for your kids. Pray a hedge of protection around them. A hedge of protection. God, put your angels around our children. Help them be secure in our love. Help them choose right friends and and be involved. Talk with your kids about this at all ages. And finally, I just want to say this. Not only do you want to protect your kids from the strange woman, you want to help your kids find the right spouse. That's right. As they grow up, talk with them about the type man they should be looking for or the type woman they should be looking for them for. Assure them not to rush into marriage at the first person who shows interest in them, but assure them that if that if they trust God, the right person will come along and that they will be a good catch. So they can be patient, they can wait, but help them understand what type person they want to marry and what type person they don't. This not only relates to understanding general character, like integrity, godliness, the fear of the Lord, a love for God, but also understanding your child's personal, opposites often attract, so understanding your child's personal strengths and weaknesses and what type of mate, spouse, could bring out the best in your child when they get married or that they can bring out the best in the other. Amen? Let's pray about this. Father in heaven, we thank you again today for our children and how we pray that they would find good friends. We want to take seriously the warning that bad company corrupts good morals, and we want to, we want to also believe the good word about this, that the right friends will produce wisdom and goodness in our children. Help us, Lord. We work so hard to raise our children well. I pray you'd protect them from corrupt influences, from others in, 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 in society that they would meet in person or even meeting online and social media that would corrupt their values, corrupt their faith, uh, corrupt who they are as people. Lord, we pray for our children. Help us as parents to know how to be intentional but not smothering. Give us wisdom, we pray. As we raise our children, help us not to be passive, but we pray we'd be intentional. And we commit our children to you. We, we, they're, they're, your, they're yours, Lord. We're just bringing them up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. We ask your blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed this series. We're going to continue it next week. We'll, but we'll be back tomorrow. We're in the Word of God here every single day. We come here live. I hope you will join us. I love you guys. Like the video. Share with your friends. If you're new, make sure you subscribe. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.